Welcome to the Top Marks Minicast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to violence. Violence. The word and the act. Violence. While violence cloaks itself in a plethora of disguises, its favorite mantle still remains. Professional wrestling. Violence devours all it touches. Its voracious appetite rarely fulfilled. Yet violence doesn't only destroy, it creates and molds as well. Molds as well. Let's examine closely then this dangerously evil creation, this new breed. But a word of caution, handle with care and don't drop your guard. This rapacious new breed prowls both alone and in packs, operating at any level, any time, anywhere, and with anybody. Who are they? Who are they? Welcome to the first of our Top Marks minicasts. Joining me for this episode is Imran Mirza and TJ Sutherland, and I'm your host, Dan Collicott. So, we are kicking off by talking about NXT. So, uh, as you know, there have been almost cyclical pro- promos uh, on SmackDown and Raw for four uh, newcomers who are about to be joining the main rosters. I don't think we actually know... Uh, where they're going though, do we? We just know there's four of them, but we don't know which brand. So uh, let's discuss them one by one, uh, beginning with uh, he's kind of being billed as a monster, although rather than being a monster, he's a freak. Is that right? Have I got yeah. the right guy? Yeah, that's the tagline at the moment. Yeah. So I think he most of his promos seem to involve him saying you've seen monsters and beasts, but you've never seen a freak. Uh, and I, I kind of feel that that's that's a massive lie. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I am of course referring to Lars Sullivan, who uh, is an impressive specimen of a man. Uh, obviously, one of Vince McMahon's archetype big, sweaty, muscly men. Uh, but going over to you, TJ, to start off with, what what are your how, what are your feelings about Lars Sullivan? Do you rate him? Do you think he's going to uh, make it on um, the main brand? Um, I think, well, for starters, as you said, he is a, a Vince staple, you know, big, mean, you know, looks apart, looks imposing when, you know, if he's walking through an airport or something like that, <clears throat> looks the part of a, a crazy big wrestler. Um, in terms of his in-ring talent, I think he's probably technically better than the other big guy that's on the roster at the moment. At, on the most, uh, try that again. <clears throat> technically, I think he's better than the other big guy on the roster at the moment, uh, Mr. Strowman. Um, I think he's much more agile, um, has better matches, um, and is much more flexible in, you know, what he can do in the ring. So, um, just interrupting on the match front, hmm. what would you, well, what would you choose in his run on NXT in terms of like the best match he's had because I think one of the, one of the things to point out, and I, I don't know, Imran, if you agree, is that the the, the four call ups they haven't really been around that long, and I, I don't know if anyone any one of us would have really said um, these were the guys that that absolutely need to be called up, but 
but yeah, anyway, digressing digressing slightly there. But yeah, what what do you think about his most impressive matches? Yeah, I mean the match he had with um, Dream was awesome. In fact, his last match uh, that we saw him in against Keith Lee, that was a hell of a match as well. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to your point about you know whether these call ups were kind of <clears throat> worthy or whatever it is. I mean, you know, there's definitely people that are on the NXT roster that are more experienced uh, or, you know, better workers, um, more charismatic, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, the fact remains that it is Vince's decision and he's going to go for, well, if you look across at the people that he's picked, you know, Lars Sullivan, huge, sweaty dude. He loves them. Uh, Lacey Evans, blonde, uh, pretty girl, which sadly is another Vince staple. Um, heavy machinery, you know, a couple of big dudes. EC3, big jacked up dude. Um, and Nikki Cross is a bit of an outlier, but, you know, that is what it is. So, yeah, I think in terms of when you just look at them aesthetically, they are all typical Vince picks when... You know, but then when you look further down the NXT roster, you see guys like Adam Cole, Ricochet, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle. Um, you know, all these guys who vastly experience are already superstars in their own right. You know, they could easily come up to the main roster and hold their own, no sweat. But you know, they'll come eventually. But in terms of Vince picks, I'm not surprised by any of these people at all. Okay, so posing the same question to Imran, what do you think of? Lars Sullivan, uh, pitching it slightly different. Do you think he has what it takes uh, to be uh, a big main event draw um, um, on the main brands? Yeah, I think so. I think um, with with big guys, we've always it's, it's a known thing that Vince has always he's gravitated towards them, and that's that's fine. You can understand why, particularly with Lars, he's a freakish guy, no pun intended, but. His size is incredible and he, he does, yeah, he fits, he fits the mold completely. But with big guys, they can really burn out very, very quickly as, you know, loads of them have proved. But I'm always constantly fascinated by Strowman, for example, because he was a guy, again, just ridiculous size wise, but he was paced so fantastically well. And if you think about how long he's been there and in, in many ways, he's still on the rise. You know, sometimes they just push someone straight to the top front of sort of sort of the front of the queue. And then there's nowhere for them to go when, once you're number one straight away. Um, I think uh, Lars is great. I think he's I would have left him in NXT for a lot longer myself. A lot of these the names that they are we've, we're discussing, a lot of them, apart from Nikki Cross, who is overdue, I think, for apart from her, the others just sort of don't really seem Actually, that's not entirely fair because Ethan Carter is is probably more primed for the main show than he is for NXT, to be honest. But I think with Heavy Machinery and Lacey and Lars, um, I think more just sort of more time in NXT might have been a good thing, particularly for Lacey. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Lars could make a great impact. I wouldn't put him on Raw just because you already have Strowman there. Um, and I think you'd want to build to that confrontation. But I think uh, I like Lars a lot. I think he's he has he does work really well. His match with Alistair Black is great. Um, I look forward to seeing what he would do. Totally. 
Uh, and I know we, we've we've covered our um, other podcast episodes. The fact that uh, I, I love her um, her act. I love the fact she's literally about three foot, yet possibly <laughs> one of the most batshit crazy and intimidating female wrestlers there is. And I think from that point of view, because um, because what well, well, certainly in the moment um, after their their brief flirtation with trying to make Nia Jax the equivalent uh, push as Strowman, as in they were, they were going for the, you know, the biggest and baddest. Um, but because that, it feels like, I, don't get me wrong, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of Nia haters, but I think for now that experiment is over. Uh, it didn't work with Tamina, so I think maybe they've got over the, the size kind of thing when it comes to uh, women's wrestling. Um, so from that aspect, I, I have some hope that Nikki Cross might actually, you know, be used not not just there to sort of put over other wrestlers. She might actually get the belt at some point. Yeah, mate, I, I, I mean, I'd, it'd be, I think it would be interesting to see how um, her traje- her trajectory is intrinsically linked to what's happening with sanity. Because obviously a lot of people still associate it with that group, but Sanity have done precisely fuck all since they came, since they got brought up. So, you know, if she came up and suddenly she got put into the title picture, but you still weren't seeing Sanity, which would be weird. So then, you know, if she gets more exposure and she gets a title run, do you then bring Sanity more into the storylines or, or do you keep the two apart? But then that's weird because. It's supposed to be a click, so I don't know. It's, yeah. It'd be interesting. That Sanity stuff was weird, wasn't it? Because it didn't really seem like they even were given a shot. Like, I think they lost their first match. And I remember thinking, like... It the first four matches, I think it was. Oh, my gosh. Wow, okay. They lost a lot of matches when they came up. I thought they were kind of high on Killian Dane. I kind of thought that he would be someone that they would have got behind. But they haven't even tried to separate him. You know, it's just they were there. They lost a lot and then they barely featured there was something i mean he he really legitimately looked like a big hairy scottish you know psychopath that's because he more is than, yeah more than drew mcintyre but yeah they, they <laughs> um vince does you know can't bear exposed midriffs unless they're you know 12 packs can he well hence ec3 so um I guess we should we should cover him off. I mean, Iman, what's your feelings on EC3? Well, I, he he always seemed like someone who was going to do better. I think I said earlier, but he's someone that was more suited to the main roster than NXT. Like he he did okay in NXT in terms of I think his crowd reaction was was quite hot, and I was actually kind of surprised that there was just something about him that it comes off a little dated, to be honest. I just I think on the main roster he's going to do really well um but it's sort of for him to have been in nxt i don't know he didn't really fit in for me i think when you look at guys like um adam cole and ricochet and it just it it just sort of wasn't even alistair black as well obviously but it just didn't wasn't really a fit for me yeah i I agree i mean it's like you say he's, he's a bit of a throwback yeah um i think nxt they they kind of maybe wanted him to be like uh, almost take over the mantle from Bobby Roode, who yeah. is 
similar but a little better i think as a wrestler but that's actually um with a lot of those sorry to interrupt just in terms of the lot of the call-ups apart from nikki cross i think they're all kind of throwbacks which i thought they were an interesting bunch i think heavy machinery is quite a throwback i think lacey evans whole gimmick really is kind of a throwback as well Uh, in a great way i like her a lot but just the gimmick i think is kind of a throwback and lars go you know gravitate towards the biggest guy on the roster there's something about all of them that i thought they were unusual picks in the way that they were all sort of almost picked for the same reason if that makes any sense yeah that's a very interesting theory i mean yeah you're right you you wouldn't i mean we we seem to be getting less and less direct call-ups to the main roster um you know you know it, it doesn't happen um, much anymore. I mean, AJ Styles being the last really significant one that they signed and, and went straight on to um, Raw or SmackDown. But yeah, it does feel like the, these uh, these call ups, you know, they've, they've taken them off of NXT because they aren't the most typical, um, you know, NXT um, wrestlers. Mm. I mean, may, maybe heavy machinery. I mean. What I felt about heavy machinery is that they kind of came along. They didn't get that much of a, a consistent push on NXT. They did all right. They certainly weren't um, handled badly. But then they brought the um, oh, what are they called? The the Mad Vikings, what, War Raiders, Fridge Raiders. <laughs> yeah, they brought the Fridge Raiders up, and I was like, you know, it's kind of it felt like almost the exactly the same act. But one wears, you know, makeup. And actually, don't get me wrong. War Raiders are good. I'm not. I'm, I'm not dissing them. So if they are going to come around my house and kick the shit out of me, please don't, guys, because I love you. Um, but yeah, um, it, it sort of felt too similar. Well, I and um, I actually don't. I, 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 yeah, I see what you mean. But there's in terms of that throwback comment. I think with heavy machinery, you could put them in a '90s ring. And they fit right in the way they appeal to the fans, the way that, you know, that kind of even them doing a worm, the way their double team moves are about squashing the opponent. You know, War Raiders, you can see these are two guys that beat the crap out of you. But there's something about heavy machinery, which is more, hey, let's wave to the fans. And it's a dated gimmick. And again, however they were in NXT always surprised me as well. True. I was going to say something about EC3 as well, actually. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. No, I was, um, I was going to counter, uh, Imran's disgust with EC3's character uh, and his uh, technical ability within the ring. Um, no, EC3, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I, I like EC3 as a character, but you like EC3 as a character. I can, I kind of do, you know, I kind of like, I kind of like, he's like, he's a, he's a total gimmick. He's like, he's an unashamed gimmick of a, of a wrestler. He's like, crazy jacked up dude the the maddest like fake tan or tan or whatever it is uh that you ever seen some of the stuff he wears like the sleeveless long fur coat coming into the ring it's just like he's like the poses the the ec3 thing he does with his fingers um the theme music the poses all of that stuff it's it's a it's a complete gimmick and he knows it and he plays up to it and he totally owns it and i actually kind of appreciate the balls to go in there and be such a such a overt gimmick of a wrestler 
and to kind of pull it off. I feel like he's weeping somewhere at your comments. I'm not sure if he's a complimentary <laughs> or not. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I, I think in this day and age of where we want our wrestlers to feel a bit more real, like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. You know, like nowadays people want guys that are, you know, someone who's like a good brawler or someone you can identify with or just something that's, you know, not so um, 80s cartoonish that we used to get in the old WWF days. Like now, you know, someone's got to be a legit fighter or a legit this or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, they are, they're all, they are, they are all still playing characters, but, um, but EC3 just like, like, uh, as you guys said, he kind of harks back to a time where, you know, wrestlers were larger than life. They were, you know, he's, he's a bit of a kind of a budget rock, basically. If, 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 he's definitely weeping somewhere. Which, 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 to be fair, I think is quite a big compliment because <laughs> no one can be the rock again. So even if you're but a budget on, rock. I do have to interrupt you there because surely a budget rock is uh, Kona. Is it Kona Reeves? No, 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 no. Kona Reeves is like, <laughs> I don't know. Kona Reeves is a budget EZ3, man. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but yeah, I, like, yeah, he's like, and the, the, and I know a lot of people kind of rolled their eyes at it when they did it, but I don't know if you guys remember the, um, when he was feuding with Velveteen Dream. Oh, you And they did the bit. skip when they, they were, the, when they were by the swimming pool and they, it was all, it's just this really hammed up corny. It was um, great. It was, it, was, great. it was so cheesy and so corny and such, again, such a big gimmick of a scene. This is why I think, this is why I love Dream as well. Dream is another one who's a hell of a, like, throwback to that kind of cartoonish wrestler over the top gimmick character. And, you know, I, I just, I think you need people like that. You need, yeah, you need a bit of realism in there, but you also need, you know, the larger than life who are totally playing the character and, and just running with it completely kind of guys on the roster just to mix things up and make it interesting. Uh, I have to agree. I mean, I don't know why. I couldn't justify why I like EC3, but I do. Like, uh, I remember um, when he he first um, started in NXT, and I was like, oh, you can't be serious. I was like, I genuinely didn't think this type of wrestler existed in this day and age. <laughs> but I think yeah, once he started doing his promo and his matches, um, I was like, yeah, you know what? Um, I, I kind of when, when he's when he's um, on whichever card and when he when he wrestles on the weekly shows, I I, I always I always like to see how it pans out. Um, he's, I mean, he's, don't, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong. He's he's like he's not the best wrestler there. He's 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 competent as a wrestler, um, but I think the whole package. Like I think he's a I think he's a decent promo as well. I think he's one yeah, of the, yeah. one of the, one really of the better is. promos on the he's on the roster. He's got a lot of charisma and personality. Yeah. Naturally, yeah. He sort, of, sort of works. Hmm. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about Lacey Evans. Um, as a wrestler, uh, she seems pretty good. She seems to be getting better. Um, I was quite surprised that she was uh, called up, but I can kind of see why. But yeah, Imran, what, what, are you a Lacey Evans fan? Do you think she's gonna be? Um, I think she's. I think she's well. gonna do exceptionally well on the main roster. I, I, uh, I actually had. Uh, you know, I actually 
wasn't far off from picking her as a future NXT champion, to be honest. So um, the call-up seemed just all in general, just seemed almost like a reactionary thing for them to shake things up following the negative uh, ratings. And I think they almost took people that A, Vince liked and B, sort of were maybe in between programs, you know? So I, I thought it was a bit unfortunate because I thought she would have been in NXT for longer. And I think done, done, benefited more from the time there as well and i could have seen her as champion in time to come um but i you know i think the main roster thing is going to be still good for her and i actually think she'll do really well it's a it's a good gimmick she generated lots of heat i think vince is going to get really behind it and i i think she's going to do very well wherever she goes um one thing one thing i would say because i actually back to your comment about um people being between programs like because i thought that as well but then when I looked at it, all of the people that are being called up at the time when they announced that they were coming up, they were actually in the middle of quite big feuds or quite big storylines. Because Heavy Machinery were, were going for the tag titles. Yeah, they were saying they didn't want to leave NXT until they got the tag titles. Lacey was part of the, um, the four way to get a shot at the women's title at the time when, at the time when they announced that she was coming up, which I thought was weird. Um, who else? He's, um, Lars had just had that fight with Keith Lee and seemed like they were going to go into a feud. And then, um, no, but they I actually Nikki, announced, I think, Nikki, I think, sorry to interrupt, they announced his oh, departure sorry, no, Lars, after, uh, before Lars, that because yeah. I thought he'd lose. Before, yeah, I Lars, thought they'd put Keith Lee over in that yes, match. Yeah. 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 That's what I thought. And then when he won, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. It didn't make any sense. Um, well, I think they they did that because he had uh, well he lost to Alistair Black, and and he was injured. Yes, um, he broke his and I think I think they they needed to build him up a little bit. Um, well, I know the NXT audience is not necessarily the same as the SmackDown and Raw audience, but it kind of I don't know. It, it felt to me like they they needed to give him an impressive win. It shouldn't, maybe it shouldn't have been at the expense of Keith Lee, but it was mm. a good match, you know. Yeah, it was a great match. I mean, I, you know, he was, I would have probably just had him go from injured and then moved him up without, he wouldn't yeah. have had to have, wouldn't have needed to, I mean, like you say, I would, if I was going to have him squash anyone, I wouldn't have him squash Keith Lee, but then, I don't know. It was a, weird, it was no, a very no. weird one. They, they could have just gone down the route of disqualification, you know, they could have had a few matches where he, he just goes too far, goes insane, you know, beats him up outside the ring and gets disqualified. I mean, it makes him look, you know, absolute badass and, you know, doesn't harm anyone that he's, uh, you know, uh, beaten up. Um, in terms of heavy machinery, I, kn- I know... Um, oh, can I... Um, yeah, yeah, go can for I, it. Can I uh, chip in about Miss Evans? Go for it. Um, I think she's being called up too soon. I don't think she's ready for um, the main roster. I think she's still very green uh, in the ring. Um, I think there are much more talented girls than her that could have been called up before her. You know, the likes of Kairi Sane, Isha Rai, even Shayna Baszler probably would have been uh, maybe a better shout, but obviously she's champion, but you know, Whatever. Um, I you know, it, I think they should have called up. Who? Gargano's missus. Oh, Candice, right? Yeah, they, yeah. Because oh. she could have come up as well. Um, yeah, any number of people could have come up before her. I think. Um, 
you know, I, I remember when I saw, I think the first time I saw it was in the, um, the May Young classic to not last season, obviously the season before. And at the time she was, she was a baby face, I think, uh, during that. And then they, and then they obviously repackaged her a little bit and made her a heel. So I think her heel personnel is good. I think she's got, she's got a bit of charisma. She's got a good look, but, um, yeah, I just kind of, yeah, I mean, she, she's a Vince pick, so, you know, she will probably get booked quite strong. Um, I don't know if she's going to set the world alight with their matches, though. But yeah, I, I have to say on record, even though, um, even though we've, we've already covered how, um, uh, having machinery are, are a bit of a throwback and are a very Vince type of tag team, I just cannot see them, um, getting getting a proper title push i think there'll there'll be a gimmick there'll be a comedy act well i think i think that goes on to the fact that vince doesn't like tag teams i mean if you look back through the history of tag teams in wwe i think you know i think vince vince's mo is you know we'll throw him in there every now and then and if one of them gets super popular We'll build them up and then we'll break them up and then we'll, we'll push that guy. That's, you know, he doesn't seem to know or maybe just doesn't care to book a strong tag team division. Well, if you notice, um, and this, this might be purely coincidental, but quite a lot of the tag teams, um, that do well and, and consistently are, are either in or around the title picture, um, are ones that, have been put together. Like, I mean, you think of New Day, they were obviously all singles acts that were put together. If you think of um, The Bar, Seamus and Cesaro, they were put together. Mm -hmm. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Um, You know, the only exception to the rule is kind of the Usos because they're like, I mean, they're twins and... They've been there forever. But yeah, I, I just, yeah, I think you're right. And I think... You know, I mean, I, 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 I kind of think heavy machinery are right. I, I really like, um, uh, Otis Dozovich because he's just, he's, he just looks ridiculous. He's, <laughs> he's so wide. He's it's like Rhino. Like, he's like Rhino. Yeah, it's like Rhino. He's, like, yeah. Arms. he's probably he's probably wider than Rhino, which I I didn't think was possible. But he's just like he's as wide as he is tall. It's it's insane, and he's he's. He I don't think he is that tall, is he? Um, I think he's. I think he's probably just shy of six foot. I think he's quite close. Like he because he's standing next to um Tucker Knight the whole time, and Tucker Knight is like six five six six. So it makes him look shorter than he actually is, but I, I'm sure Dozovich is probably about six foot. But yeah, he's 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 got bags of charisma. He's looks batshit crazy. He does funny moves, you know. And like he had a really good match Champion. with um uh, with Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, yeah, that match had no business. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, and I I think like I think what will probably happen is they'll come up, they'll flounder for a while. And then they'll get broken up. Like Tucker Knight will probably turn on him, and then they'll go their separate ways. And one of them might get an intercontinental belt or something like that. But yeah, I, again, it's a shame because there's a potential for a really strong tag team division 
on both shows um, with some good teams, but you know, Vince just doesn't do anything with him, which is a real shame. Okay, well, I'm going to make you both put you on the spot with a difficult decision. Um, from one to four, rank who you think is going to be the most successful, <laughs> starting with Imran. I would say Ethan Carter. Oh, or Lars. Um, Who's Ethan Carter? Oh, EC3. EC3. Oh, I was, I'd go with oh, it's Ethan, EC3 or Lars, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll, go, I'll say EC3. Just in terms of longevity, I think Lars might make a bigger initial impact, but I think EC3 might be there for the longer haul, maybe. So I'll go with EC3 as number one, number two, Lars, number three, Lacey, number four, Nikki, number five, Heavy Machinery. TJ. Uh, number one, Lars, number two, EC3, number three, Lacey, number four, yeah, probably the same. Nikki, five, heavy machinery. Yeah. Uh, I can't actually offer anything different to that. I'm, I'm about the same. I think, I think Lars will, I think you're right. You'll have a bigger impact at the start. I think he's the kind of guy that is, you kind of can't ignore him. If he gets, if he gets over in any form, in any sort of way, which I'm sure he will, I think he'll get backed and he'll get pushed and he'll be in or in or around the top tier for as long as he's fit and doesn't piss Vince off. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't see him being like a mid carder. I mean, people like him though, like him yeah. or Strowman must just like, I would never ever want the job of like, like booking them because how do you continue to book them, but keep them interesting? Because if they can't, there's only a limited time where they can just steamroll through everyone, unless you're Brock Lesnar. But it, how, if you to be there every single week on TV and win and dominate, that's going to get boring. That has to end at some point. And then when it does end, then how do you maintain that interest? So I, he, you know, guys like that for me would just be, I wouldn't know what to do. And I'm amazed. And on that note, I, I always give them credit for it. Strowman because when you think about how long he's actually been there and they've still maintained that interest, it's very, very impressive. I think that's, that's a really interesting point. I think that the other side of it is, well, and as you bring up Strowman, it's something I was going to point out is, remember when um, they were booking him, like, is doing all these crazy superhuman things like, turning over ambulances and getting hit by yeah. a Mack truck and walking it off. And, and it's like, as much as that stuff is entertaining and I, I enjoyed it at the time and it was fun. It was ridiculous. As much as it was entertaining though, the whole time I was kind of thinking, where do you go from here? Mm. It's like, yeah. you, you've, you've basically said that this guy is immortal. So, <laughs> so you know, how is anyone going to be able to super kick him and pin him? Or, you know, someone's literally going to have to, blow out his kneecaps with a shotgun and <laughs> run him over the steamroller and stay in the steamroller on top of him to pin him because the way you've booked him, he is, do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like this guy can overturn an ambulance, but you're telling me Seth Rollins can super kick him and that's going to take him out. Or, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's so, but yeah. I think, I, I think this is the first time in a while um, that there, there's it's a fairly small group of wrestlers who are all big, sweaty men who I think can kind of compete with each other. Like you've got Drew McIntyre, 
hopefully we'll have Roman Reigns back and you can put him in the mix. You've got Lars, you've got Braun, uh, you've got Lesnar. There's actually, there's some matches there which you you can say, well, you're not quite sure who's going to win that because there's, you know, there, there's some big tough guys there who can uh, sell and can convince you that, you know, they're, they're almost immortal. Whereas before, I, I I didn't like the fact, I never liked with Strowman that, you know, they sacrificed so many wrestlers to him. Like they, they made an absolute mockery of, of uh, Kevin Owens and even Finn Balor. They, they, you know, he just had to continuously steamroll over people and it, it may have made him look, you know, invincible, but it it, it killed so many moment, you know, pieces of momentum of other wrestlers, and then they didn't even see it through. If yeah, you know absolutely. What I mean. Yeah, yeah they, you know, it, it, it was bizarre. I don't ever. I never thought it had to go the way it did, particularly with, I think, Sami Zayn initially, then Kevin Owens. Um, I, you know, like they could still put up a fight. You know, I think having Kevin Owens get squashed. Uh, was a, a awful decision, but he was literally squashed for two months by him, and it just seemed like a really bizarre series of events. Uh, you know, in in an effort. Although that said, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens took some awesome bumps from from. Uh, yeah, but no, I was going to say the one where my favorite one is when he used to run around the ring <sighs> like a steam train and just and he used to take <laughs> yeah. that bump where he flipped backwards as he hits God, him. Yeah, it's just a thing of beauty, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. I love you, Kevin. But you know, it was awesome. It, it was funny. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that you know, it was it was really entertaining. But yeah, it, it did get old quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Great. Yeah. I mean, I, I I would love to see. I mean, even I mean, God, you could put Cena in that mix. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of feel that it, it's interesting that there there is now a group of wrestlers who can all go against each other um, and actually kind of, you know, you're not going to get these ridiculous squash matches all the time. But it won't last because, obviously, even then, it's still a small pool of wrestlers that that you can do this with. Okay, well, I think um, we've pretty much covered those uh, call-ups. The one thing to say, are you looking forward to to seeing how it goes? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I think I'm... I'm, in fact, yeah, I'm going to switch a question around on you two, actually. Which one of the those call-ups are you most looking forward to seeing perform on the main roster on a personal level? Actually, can I change the question slightly? Okay. Yeah, sure. Quite a, quite a tiny bit. Yeah. In terms of the Women's Royal Rumble and the Men's Royal Rumble, which of the, well, let, let's say all, all, all four men and two women, which... Which do you think you would when when they when they come down that ramp? Are you going to go? Uh, are you going to mark out for? Uh, Otis Dozovic. <laughs> <laughs> if he does the worm down that ramp, I'm going to lose my shit. I'd love it if he if he did the worm and then just went under the oh, uh, <laughs> under the ring and never came out again. Oh god! I hope Titus O'Neil comes down and fucking trips up again. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Well, from from the list, I the the person I'm most invested in is Nikki by far, but the person I'm most interested in, I'd probably say, is Lars, just because I think he's going to be the one that 
the booking team are going to be the most invested in. But I'm a, I'm a really big fan of Nikki Cross. I think she's exceptional. And but it's it, the women's division doesn't get a huge amount of time, and it's getting really crowded now with with huge names. So I'm not sure how Nikki is going to fit in. And it's great that the women's division is doing so exceptionally well. So it's really exciting. But it's now going to be like a queue now of you're going to have to wait your turn. But I think Lars is going to sort of steam ahead quite quickly, and it'll be interesting to see where they go. It, I think it's quite difficult if if um. If they they put Lars in the Rumble, which you know there's there's a pretty good chance they will, is it, like I think who who on earth is going to eliminate him? Well, Strange they'll just get ten right guys there. to gather up and do it, won't they? He'll he'll have a, a good bash of like five or six one at a time, and then everyone else will just gather and do it, won't yeah, they? Exactly. You know what I reckon exactly. they'll do? They'll, they'll they'll let him break the record and then kick him out. Mm, I can't see that. Well, I, it, it would be the perfect I, push, wouldn't I, it, without having to be, you know, because otherwise, you know, they, they you, you know, they, they, they do like 50 squash matches where he goes on a streak. But if they actually did, it doesn't actually have to be breaking a record. But if he does something amazing in the Royal Rumble, they can quote that for the next sort of six months. While I, they could, I reckon they'll do, I, I don't know if they'll do necessarily anything like that, but I think he'll do what Strowman did uh, last year, I think. But there was a either Rumble or Battle Royal where he came in and he basically he came in at a point when there were about like 10 guys in the ring and just came in and cleaned house, like just lobbed everyone over one after another, bang, 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 bang. I think they'll get Lars to do something mm. like that, which they can bang on about for, you know, a good few months after the Rumble's over. Gives him a showcase, lets him look like an absolute beast. And then Otis Dozovich can come in and just sling his ass out. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> it's funny with Lars because they announced oh. his call up quite a while ago. And I thought I had this in my head that following SmackDown's like annihilation, that's the last survivor series. I imagine Shane, you know, he said there'd be consequences, which never actually happened. And I thought he was going to say, I'm now going to teach you all a lesson. And I've brought Lars in to just, just decimate the roster. I actually thought that's what he was going to say, because obviously Strowman was the monster on raw. So he thought I need one. And I thought that's where he would go, but so he could just turn up. Or, no, they, no, they, no, they, they really they, they that. No, the, no, the, uh, the Miz uh, storyline is so much better than that. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing they're building towards Miz versus Shane at Mania. I'm guessing that's where that one's going. Oh, please, God, no! Because that's what we need. <laughs> I think that just about wraps it up for this episode. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you, TJ. Thank you, Imran. And we will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.